Hear the word of the Lord. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And the words of Jesus. Come. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
I want to welcome you this afternoon to this service today as we celebrate and remember the life of Jeffrey Thompson. We are here to support one another. We are here to look to God for strength. And we're here to remember and honor J.R. I'm sure there will be at least two things happen today. There will be tears. There have been lots of tears. And that's okay. There will also be laughter. And that's okay. I invite you to remember and celebrate with me. I especially want to welcome a variety of people and thank you for being here. Many have driven down from Las Vegas and you've been up early this morning and thank you so much from Warm Springs Baptist Church, those from Blue Man Group, uh, from Dick Foster Productions, and more locally, thank you those from Saugus High School who are here from media locations, from Talbot Seminary, from we do welcome folks from Talbot at First Baptist, right? From uh, Crown City AA, welcome. From Pasadena Junior Theater as well, uh, we welcome each one of you. Also, a bit of housekeeping. If you got a parking ticket when you came in, we can validate you. It's always good to be validated. And there's a machine in the foyer. Just ask somebody. You can stamp your ticket so that you don't have to, to uh, pay for your parking. I'd like for Pastor Doug Mai to come now and begin as we look to the Lord in prayer. Doug is the pastor of the Warm Springs Baptist Church. Let's stand together. Almighty God, our loving Heavenly Father, We gather together this afternoon to worship you. We say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You are the one who graciously gives, and you are the one who sovereignly takes away. Your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. But Lord, as those who have known your love, we choose to put our faith in you and to worship you this afternoon. We acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we praise you this afternoon for the good gift of J.R., for his life, for his friendship. And we praise you that he is one who did seek you while there was time, and he was found by you. Lord, as we gather together this afternoon, we need you. We need your comfort. We need your hope. We need to know that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. So, Holy Spirit, we invite your powerful presence. And we ask that as we gather here, we would know your comfort. We would be drawn to you. We would be encouraged. And we would leave here in your hope. We ask in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Let's remain standing. And we're going to be singing uh, the hymn that's printed in your program, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that's 
Jeffrey R. Thompson, known to us as J.R., was born on January 6, 1953, in Chula Vista, California. As a young child, he lived in Keddie, California, while his dad, Ralph, worked for the railroad. J.R. and his family moved to Oroville when he was four years old, and it was there that he spent most of his childhood. As a teenager, J.R. played high school football and tennis and was part of the number one doubles tennis team in Northern California. After high school, he enjoyed a year at Butte Junior College before he went into the Navy, serving as a photographer on the USS Constellation during Vietnam. After his service, he attended the University of Washington at Seattle and then graduated from the University of Chico with a degree in philosophy and theater arts. After graduation, he worked at the Great American Melodrama, where he met his future wife, Sherry. After some years, J.R. moved to Las Vegas, where Sherry was at the time, and worked first for Rick Porter Productions and then for Dick Foster Productions. J.R. and Sherry were married on April 26, 1992. Afterwards, J.R. worked for Harris Hotel, and it was there that he met the Radio City Rocket who led him to the Lord. Once he became a Christian, J.R. got involved in Warm Springs Baptist Church in Las Vegas, teaching classes 
and hosting a small group in his home, among other things. He also worked as the stage manager and then production manager for Blue Man Group. In the last two years, J.R.'s life changed immensely. Because he felt that God had called him to the ministry, he decided to attend seminary here in California at Talbot Seminary. He and Sherry then moved here and soon after became actively involved in the life of First Baptist Church Pasadena. For the last 17 months, J.R. served as the discipleship minister at First Baptist, leading, planning, and organizing Bible studies and series, and really being the go-to guy for anything that needed to be done here. He threw himself wholly into his work here and his school at Talbot, affecting many lives with his enthusiasm for ministry and his love for Christ. J.R. is survived by his wife, Sherry, and his parents, Ralph and Rosemary Thompson. I have worked closely with J.R. since he started here at First Baptist, and I have so many wonderful memories of him that I could probably share with you for hours. However, I won't do that since there are many others that want to share about J.R. Instead, I want to tell you what I will remember most fondly about him. And strangely, that is his skill and passion in debating. J.R. and I had a special relationship that I think is best described as sparring partners. We discussed, okay, we mostly argued, about everything relating to the Bible and theology. I made fun of him for being an uptight conservative from Biola, and he ribbed me for being a raging liberal from Fuller. Every week you could hear our voices up and down the halls of the church as we passionately debated the theological topic of the day. As he would get more impassioned about his point of view, his voice would get louder and more forceful, and that caused me to get louder and more insistent. I think we scared the other staff members sometimes, but it was always great fun for us. I have never seen anyone more passionate about the Bible. And though we had different interpretations on many issues, we shared the love of God's Word. I will miss debating with J.R., for no one else could argue like him. And I'm sure I will never find a sparring partner like him again until we meet in heaven and start the debate all over again. I want to open up a time now for those who have been chosen to share their fond memories of J.R. I'm going to ask them all to come up to the front row and sit, and then one by one you can come to the mics on the side to speak. Sherry and I have talked about uh, those who uh, we would like for to, to share today, and I think some of you have been contacted, so come on up. Pastor James, you're going to lead out, and there's a mic on either side you can use, but uh, go ahead. And uh, If time permits, we may give you the opportunity to share just two or three minutes, one story, not a lifetime, but uh, we'll ask you to come forward and, and do that if the time allows in a moment. So Pastor James is from Warm Springs, and uh, JR talked a lot about you in the discipleship ministry, and I know called you some, and you were scheduled to have lunch this week, I think, as you're down here. Please share. Uh, I met JR about five years ago um, when he first attended a membership class that I was teaching um, at Warm Springs, and he asked if we could get together some time and talk. He was a brand new Christian. Um, he had We went and had lunch together um, for our first meeting, and he told me that he had become a very recent believer um, in Jesus. 
And but what he demonstrated to me was an unusual interest in learning more um, and what it meant to walk with Christ. Yes, penetrating uh, difficult questions, and it was just a great privilege to have uh, somebody that was such a sponge um, wanting to talk with me, and it was just a great thing for me. Um, I never met a person who was more of a sponge and more willing to learn, more willing to study. Um, here's a guy who just didn't sleep very much at night because he got up and read. Um, in the middle of the night, he would study and read his Bible, and he'd read through the Bible over and over again. He would, I would loan him a book, and he'd come back the next day and say, that was a great book, and he'd finished it that night. Uh, just uh, incredible. But J.R. could take that information, he could distill it down to its most relevant, to its most useful, and to its most, most truthful um, parts and use that information to change his own life. Uh, J.R., if you knew him, had the biggest backpack that you ever saw. (laughs) And it weighed about 100 pounds. I don't know how he got around with that thing, but it was loaded with books, and uh, he was an incredible learner. J.R. gave me more respect um, than I deserved or that I asked for. Um, He kept calling me pastor, even though I told him he could call me James. Um, It took a long time for him to start calling me James, but he was just a very respectful person of people, uh, people in authority or just friends in general. Um, J.R. was always complimentary and affirming. Um, I appreciated his uh, boisterous laugh, um, as was shared uh, just a minute ago. Um, But he also was able to share genuine tears. um, And when he spoke of his discovery of God's love for him, when he um, spoke of his love for his family, and um, he showed me <clears throat> a tremendous love for his wife. Um, that first lunch that I had with J.R., um, he shared about his life and his desire to grow in Christ, um, but, and he wanted to learn. But more than uh, receiving a blessing for himself, what he really wanted was for Sherry to receive that, that blessing that he had received um, not in any sense of he wanted her to get fixed because he always felt like she was a much better person than he was and kept saying that over and over again. And she was the one that, that um, adjusted his life and, and made him a better person. Um, but he wanted her to have the joy and the blessing um, in, of Jesus Christ that he had recently experienced. And it was a great privilege to celebrate um, that with him as Sherry became a believer in Christ. And um, J.R., um, truly celebrated internally um, what happened um, in his wife's life. And they were just a great couple that, that did their faith together. Um, J.R. said he was never qualified to lead. Whenever I asked him to do anything, he said he wasn't qualified, but then he would do it. Um, he stepped in and was a fantastic um, small group leader. He and Sherry had a fantastic small group in their home that um, people were just drawn to them. They were hospitable and loving and kind. They were excellent friends. Um, J.R. gained a, a level of maturity and dependence on God that many people take many, many more years to, to gain. I remember um, somebody questioned me once uh, whether or not I should have such a, a new believer in a position of teaching in the church. And I can look back now and say that um, that was a right decision um, because he was a learner and he applied his faith. So J.R. Um, left a legacy, uh, a bunch of people in his wake when he left Warm Springs and came here um, who were motivated and encouraged in their journey with God because of his love and his friendship. 
JR was humble. He was generous. Um, he was very kind, very fun, um, a great comedian, um, a reliable friend. Uh, JR knew more about movies than anybody I met, ever met. Uh, JR was a hard worker. He gave credit to others. He affirmed others. He respected all people, no matter their social status or their ethnicity. JR was um, grateful to God. He couldn't imagine that God had shown him such mercy and grace. And he, loved, he lived in an awe that he had um, been drawn into that relationship um, with God. Um, he demonstrated that, that graciousness, that gratitude to others in a sense of worship, uh, a sense of gratitude that just oozed out of him. J.R. loved God and he loved others. And I will deeply uh, miss, profoundly miss J.R. A dear friend and a dear brother... And um, we will suffer, but I do also celebrate today deeply a life well lived, um, a life that was not wasted. Um, Excuse me. but a life that gave great glory and honor to the Lord and to others. And um, I celebrate now the the words that J.R. has heard from the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, I didn't find my friends. The good God gave them to me. J.R. was my friend. And he would be really proud that I took the time to research an author to find that quote. (laughs) My name is David Gravatt, and I'm the vice president of Dick Foster Productions in Las Vegas. J.R. and I worked side by side for over eight years. We traveled the country and the world together. And during that time, we spent a lot of time together. J.R. made it very clear to me that not only was he not looking for a friendship, but he had no desire to have friends. He didn't need friends. He had a best friend, and that was all he wanted. And that was his soon-to-be wife, Sherry. Well, needless to say, in spite of all that, J.R. and I became really, really good friends. He often was a better friend to me, I believe, than I was to him. J.R. was so smart and so knowledgeable about so many things, it was actually pretty frightening. But even with all of his intelligence, J.R. had a way with people. It didn't matter who you were, what you looked like, what kind of clothes you wore, or how much money you had. Somehow, J.R. could relate and always made everyone feel important and special. J.R. was the head of our theatrical technical department and our company management for our company and interacted with celebrities on a daily basis, and he worked very closely with Olympic and champion figure skaters. But none of that mattered much to J.R. He was just doing what he did, and they were just people. If I were to take each letter of J.R.'s name and tell you what they stood for, it would be something like this. J. Jeffrey, his legal name, which he would never respond to other than to his parents, I believe. 
are responsible, a little rowdy, and a recruiter for Christ. T, theater, tennis player, teacher. H, honest, humorous, and always very helpful. O, an over, overachiever, an only child, and a little odd. Okay. M, meditation, military, and committed to his marriage. P, philanthropist, punctual, and private, and putty in Sherry's hands. S, singer, not. Slow, not. Selfish, not. Okay, let's skip the S's. Uh, O, on top of things. N, a nice, nice guy. I'd like to close with sharing a, a very short, true JR story that I hope you will appreciate. And whenever I think of JR, I think of this story. JR had been selected to escort Liza Minnelli to an entertainment charity event that was taking place in Las Vegas. And Liza Minnelli had just done the TV special about her mother, Judy Garland. So, of course, JR was there to pick up Liza Minnelli at her hotel and bring her to the limousine. And he was there two hours ahead of time, of course. And he escorted her to the venue where the charity was taking place. And Liza Minnelli was, ins- was insistent that once she went on, she wanted to leave immediately following her portion of the performance. So JR was waiting in the wings for Liza, and she performed, and it was fabulous. It was fantastic. Liza walked off stage, and JR was standing right there, and he took her down the, the back hallways and through the kitchen of the hotel where the event was taking place, right to the car door of, of the limousine. And because JR had been so personal with her, Liza turned to JR and said, you know, thank you so much for taking care of me. And JR said, you're welcome, as he opened the door. And he said, oh, by the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that was JR. I'm going to miss my buddy, my friend JR, the guy who didn't want to have friends. And there's a, a, a soft place in my heart. He helped me to do things that other friends just wouldn't do. And I believe I helped him to see things that other friends wouldn't see. I'm going to miss him, and all of his associates are going to miss him. And Sherry, we all have love for you. Um, For the past 15 years, JR and Sherry have been my family, my closest and most trusted friends. Until they moved here, we were neighbors. We spent every Christmas, Thanksgiving, anniversaries together. And when my daughter was born, they stood up as her godparents. Skyla, my daughter, now has the ultimate guardian angel. JR could always find a solution for a problem and then add humor to it. It was his gift. He was hardworking and kind, tremendously funny, as you've heard. He loved animals and Blue Mountain coffee and he could always see the best in everyone. To me, he was a fiercely loyal friend who offered his shoulder 100% of the time. In the past few years, 
I have seen the wonderful man who was a non-believer turn into a wonderful man who is a believer and advocate of the Lord. I saw him join the church. I watched him be baptized. He stood up for my family at my mother's funeral and at my daughter's dedication. The first time J.R. preached, I was there, and I was overwhelmed with love and pride. No one would be more surprised than J.R. to see everybody here. He was completely unaware of the love and respect he inspired. I am sure when J.R. passed and saw the welcoming light, if he could have come back, it would have only been for Sherry. Otherwise, he probably would have said to the rest of us, Later, dudes, this is amazing. I hope you are all taking the steps that will allow me to see you all again. I am comforted to know 100% that he is with our Lord. And even though there is a pain in my heart and a hole in my life that I cannot pick up the phone and hear, Hi, buddy, how are you doing? The loss is all ours. God, on the other hand, has gained a Christian heart and, yes, an awesome organizer. May God comfort you, Sherry, and wrap his arms around you. Skylar and I are so sorry for your loss, for all of our loss. And we love you, and we loved him so much, and he is wrapped around our hearts forever. Thank you. Hi, my name is Corey Pryor. And J.R. was one of the greatest people and one of the greatest teachers that I've ever known. I met J.R. when I interviewed him for his first job at Blue Man Group. He was applying for a deck stage manager position and was ridiculously overqualified for the job. (laughs) He had years of experience in theater. He traveled the world over and worked with acrobats, ice skaters, actors, singers, dancers, animals, and kids. He had managed technical crews, performers and entire shows. His technical experience far surpassed that of anyone that I had met, and I couldn't figure out why he wanted the job. When I asked him why he wanted to work for Blue Man Group, he told me that he needed a job. In that moment, I saw him as the honest, humble man he was. In the interview, I asked him what it would look like if he had had a bad day or if things didn't go his way. He told me that one day while he was in the military, he'd gotten blown off an aircraft carrier and thrown into the ocean. He was left in shark-infested waters until he was rescued the next day. He spent the night in the water being bumped by sharks and God knows what else. So for him, there were no such thing as bad days. In that moment, I caught a glimpse of the perspective and wisdom that he would bring to Blue Man. I had no idea that I would be forever changed by it. When describing our working relationship, he used to say that I managed the people and that he managed the stuff. The truth is that there was never a person that dealt with people better than JR. Over the years that I worked with him, I witnessed him as a strong, caring supervisor who was not afraid to set boundaries. He knew which situations needed a strong hand and which situations needed caring guidance. He was a mentor in work and in life for every one of us. He always had time for a kind word or a two-hour chat, whatever the moment or the person needed. JR was passionate about just about everything. 
whether he was talking about music, philosophy, work, religion, or his family. He had a fire and excitement that was contagious. He was an amazing wordsmith who could tell a story like no one I've ever met. I used to love to hear the story of the night that he fell in love with Sherry because it was like he relived it every time he told it. He was insightful and had the ability to cut through a problem or an issue in seconds. His perspective was from a compilation of experiences that were so unique and so specific that there was no one else that could replicate it. This often made for a better, higher decisions and outcomes. JR didn't just work at Blue Man. He changed it. He changed each one of us. He gave of himself 150% every day. He was selfless in his contribution, and he put the people and the tasks before himself. He was a shining example of commitment, dedication, and hard work. He never asked anyone to do something that he wouldn't do himself. He was always the first person in and often the last to leave. He led by example and had big expectations for himself and for those around him. He raised the bar high every day, challenged and encouraged us all to meet it. And when we faltered, he extended his hand and his heart to help us up again. J.R. touched everyone that he came in contact with. Sometimes it was a room full of strangers when he would yell, Thank you for coming to my party! Sometimes it was in a quiet moment of prayer or counsel. In coming to Blue Man, J.R. taught me a million things about my way of being in the world. He showed me my strength as a manager and as a person. In leaving Blue Man, he taught me that it's important to follow your dreams and to take risks for what you love. In dying, he teaches me how important it is to live, to cherish every moment, and to live it like it could be your last. He was one of the most incredible people that I have ever known. He was like a brother. He was a friend. He made me a better me, and I'm grateful to God for having carefully placed him in my life. I've cherished every moment, and I will carry him with me always, as I know each of you will too. I met JR my first day of seminary. Um, It was our 8 o'clock Greek class. And I was overwhelmed. I was one of maybe three women in the class, and I was like, what am I doing here? And then J.R. raised his hand and asked a question, and I thought, what is he doing here? (laughs) And that just started our relationship. We had most of our classes together, um, and our after-class chats turned into after-class coffees with our friend Julie, And those after-class coffees turned into after-class lunches, which turned into hours and hours sitting in a restaurant, drinking coffee, and learning about JR and his life, and sharing problems and issues, and really being supported. And people would look at us and say, what are the, what do those three have in common? They would think JR was my dad, my uncle, once he got, Mistaken as my grandfather, which made me laugh and JR cringe because he didn't like to be thought of as old. 
And so I knew if I wanted to make JR mad, I would just say, yeah, you're old. And he would pull the car over and tell me to get out and walk. Um, I remember so many things of JR, and a lot of have been shared with already. Um, last semester, I'm sorry. Last semester, we were all at lunch, Julie and JR and I, like usual, and Julie said, we're going to be friends forever. And JR said, no, no, we're not going to be. And Julie was so offended, and I was like, what? I was like, when we graduate, we'll still keep in touch. He's like, no, that does, it doesn't work that way. We'll go our separate ways, and that'll be it. And we were all like, okay, great. So what are we doing? And I think we were truly offended that JR didn't see us like we saw him until our last lunch uh, two weeks ago. We went to a restaurant, and we were talking, and I think we were there for four hours. And JR turned to us, and he said, you guys are my best friends. And Julie and I wanted to cry because we couldn't, we couldn't believe that he thought of us like that and that he knew that we thought of him like that. And so I know that the years to come that I'm in seminary is going to be so hard because I won't have him telling me, you're just a dumb old girl, or <laughs> telling me to shut up. <laughs> and there's a hole in our hearts. And there's a hole in our lives. But as I've been telling people all week, hooray for JR, he made it. Now he knows theology for. Now he knows all the answers that I have to struggle for. But I'm so sad for the rest of us that we have to go through our lives without him. Sherry, I'm so sorry.